0: Do not open these wrapped boxes. When I was a small and impressionable child, my mother told me to mind her sister. "'Why can I not open Auntie's closet to play tea as I had done before she came?' I asked in lesser words. "'I was more than dismayed by the slimming amount of available spaces where I could play as I pleased in our high-rise home.' Mother glanced narrow and sharp over her shoulder to the mammoth windows and into the swimming crowd of a California canvas below, as if she could see her younger and unspirited self-reflection glaring back at her, among them even while she worked on the other side of the city. Because, I said, to mind your aunt so she may not lose her temper. What does that mean? To lose your temper. (laughs) She tore her gaze away and back to the crust she had been cutting off my sandwich. You've seen that painting upon her wall, child. I could not ask more, for father rang on the phone. I was unsatisfied by her answer, but I took my sandwich and reserved myself to playing in front of the television with my dolls. I combed and recombed their hairs until they were as beautiful as mother's when she prepared for her teleconferences. Father sat at the table for dinner some while after the conversation. Mother and auntie were months older and spoke even less than before. Small empty boxes frequented the front door. I told father how I heard the tooth fairy wasn't real at school, and he feigned such a genuine shock, I thought, of course, he must be right that she was. Alas, there had been a hundred dollar bill tucked under my pillow for the last and most stubborn milk tooth. That was when she came home with a man not one of us would ever know. The first, for me. Mother's smile dropped into an angry sag in an instant as father pushed his greens around the plate. He had always been the one who could act the pleasantries as often Mother could not. "'Hello,' he said to both. Auntie did no more than echo him. "'You both are welcome to dinner.' Auntie's stranger opened his mouth to speak, but his tongue caught at the near reflection of Auntie and Mother. Older, looser, brighter, happier, ladylike, better in an unspoken grace, this was Mother. Auntie had a gift for reading a room and its people like a kindergarten book, So she pulled him off to her escape before he could say a thing. But he was bound to be a one-off fling. Father told mother not to say anything, to pick up her fork and continue eating. Carry on, carry on. Grandfather used to say as he smoked a cigar and patted father's back on the balcony of their country home. Caricatures is what a girl will always love. Why don't you take the older one and be happy, sonny boy? He further exhaled into the cassette tapes, capturing his random thoughts for fun, like the toxic smoke that choked his lungs to death. He loved to listen to his wisest sayings. This is partially what father said, too, the moment mother struggled on her words in her own commentary on the tooth fairy. Carry on, carry on. She loves caricatures. When I was older and can pick up on more adult matters, I noticed Auntie had a type of way about things. She would hand wash her clothes in the sink one at a time, then bathe the ones that looked like a man's comforts in a particular cologne. She would not wear these, no. I learned she laid them out on her bed and she could sleep like they were a soul blanket. The men were near identical when she had them. The older she got, the less they came, and the more she disappeared into her world of talking to mirrors and drastic hair changes. She ravaged pens in her quest for self-expression at the kitchen table in the middle of the night while she smoked some white powder." Seasons change, seasons go, she whispered, in a trance to the glittering lights beyond the window. She'd trace across over her phone. Then one night, Auntie did not come home. I peered through the pouring rain on the other side of the windows for the hundredth time, as if I might see her lift finally come, never mind the dozens before with the bright pink sticker. When the colors washed into a dark water painting, I could no longer slog through. I called mother and father at their getaway dinner a block away. They took my cell phone away and stooped on the floor before me. Each took a hand and petted me like a doggie, as if I had just lost that last milk tooth from six years before. "'Auntie is dead, darling. Do you know what this means?' I glanced from mother to father, Cheryl and Mayhew, the slightly mismatched but made it work quite fine with three beautiful children, the last of which had yet to form in mother's belly. "'I have to take care of her boxes,' I said. This is not what they had in mind, as my father's gaze fell to the wood below and mother's eyes filled with an ocean of bitter pain.' I knew they meant I could have the room and I should take care of the things she left behind for us, but all that came to mind were those boxes piled high in the sliding closet I'd found during a game of hide-and-seek with my friends something like centuries before. Her wardrobe for years had turned into a rack and hangers next to the window. Not even in a flood should those boxes move. We buried auntie next to her father and mother, and as we walked away from the filled hole in the ground, I turned to catch one last glimpse. Grandfather had his cigar already glowing at the end for a while. If I could see into the ground below, I was sure auntie would be sitting on top of her casket with her feet swinging softly. as grandfather puffed in delicately measured exhalations as he droned. Now you're a caricature, he said in my brain. An unlovely corpse bride. I buried mother just yesterday, as she requested next to her sister. So I can finally hold her hand, she'd said in the will. And I haven't been to our high-rise home in years, but today would have been auntie's birthday. She never celebrated it once with anyone as far as the whole world knows. Father and his lost mind with the two women he loved in special ways and the both he lost very differently. He tells me to open one of auntie's wrapped boxes he'd not mentioned once before. I tell him no, but father says he just wants to know. I don't know what he means as his memories fade and morph into wisps and ghosts. And I am almost sure women are all the same face to him at this point. But I take one box and bring it to the table. Open it, he says. It is wrapped in Valentine's foil paper and ribbons. I flip it upside down and let it all fall out. There are letters and cards and scratch paper art stuck to themselves. That's how tightly they were bound. Father smiles, one that says he's okay even after being punched in the gut. Do not open these wrapped boxes, girl, he whispers. I wanted to read the letters, but they're not for us. He deflates into his chair as he sinks the last of his morning coffee into his mouth. I look at auntie's drawn picture of a handsome man. It looks like a stolen selfie. I feel I can almost touch his freckled cheeks. Then I remember the painting on her wall of a man like the wanderer above the sea fog. He was jagged lines, like he were glitching out of existence with his back to the world, and harsh, dark colors, like the clouds of a storm gathered around him as he walked away. "'a stubborn creature in control. "'Over time, she turned the glitching into angry claws "'cut with shards of glass dipped in paint "'and held tight between her fingers. "'Still, he stood. "'The single bright color was the fire in his hair "'as it consumed the void of confused nothing around him, "'like he were the force of the sun.' He bled and bled his power into even the darkest corner, a reckless overlord. Father nods in the chair now. I gather all their things and tuck them back into their overwhelmed home, stinging with the smell of old spice, memories, and a missed life is what they are. Missed communications from a woman the man probably didn't remember if he were still alive. It haunted me. What auntie could have been if she was only allowed to adore the man of her dreams. But was he real? If I could find his name... She was strong in a way that was sure and surreal. Needy and insane. Everything about that is so tragic, but still, I closed the doors of her closet, deciding forever and glance out of our high-rise windows into the California canvas below. I wonder if I love my husband the same as I glance at my 10-year anniversary ring. This has been an episode of the Love and Stories podcast. Links to more content like Hollow Boy Music Piece and other resources are always in each episode description. Thank you for listening and remember to follow from wherever you're listening.